Hello and welcome everyone to episode 31 of the VGC Trainer School Podcast, where we focus on the competitive side of Pokemon. Whether you are a ladder scholar or newcomer to VGC, we will help you learn. Class is in session. I am Jake and I am joined today by three excellent co-hosts. I'm very happy to be chatting with you guys again. Thank you so much for holding down the fort while I was away. Uh, but let's uh, let's get into it because we do have a lot to talk about. So welcome in the first member of our team, John. How's it going? Yeah, so uh, if, if anyone cares, we're recording this on uh, the 4th of July. So I'm uh, decked out of my uh, 4th of July pants and shoes to celebrate America's birthday. And just like on every birthday, we have candles, except in America, you throw those candles in the air and make them explode. <laughs> so yeah, I've, I've been enjoying a uh, reg D stuff recently to helping some people build some teams and um, exploring uh, different Pokemon. Like there's some really interesting stuff that you can do with Hisui Arcanine of all things, like the fire rock thing that every but he thought would be really awful, but his sweet Arcanine is legit. The rock dog is cool. So it doesn't hurt it that it's a four times week to like water aqua jet or something, which is yeah, so that's, that's the interesting thing is yeah. Urshifu is everywhere and Landorus Therian is everywhere, but you can actually play to Arcanine's weaknesses by baiting your opponent into, you know, attacking the Arcanine slot. And turns out you switch out, to Amunkus, and they take three hits of Rocky Helmet damage, or you switch out to your Gastrodon, or you tear a grass. Or, so you actually can play a lot of mind games with its weaknesses, and you get Stab Rock Slide and an Extreme Speed uh, Resist, which is really, really, really nice into some of the popular Chien Pao Dragonite cores that are running around. So I've been impressed by it in testing. I've been pleasantly surprised. Very cool. That's really cool. I'm that's a that was definitely a Pokemon when they first revealed Hisuian Growlithe. People were like, What is that? So it's neat to see that Arcanine was able to come through because I mean, there have been just countless rumors about a new Arcanine. Like, were you privy to the the water Arcanine that they were talking about like years and years ago? I have not heard of that, but that sounds legit. Yeah. I was so, so I remember when I played uh, the trading card game, I played back in the day when we had Delta species Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. So like you could have Pokemon of all different types and fire and water Mewtwo's and all this kind of stuff. So that sounds like, Del you know, like a Delta Arcanine or something. For sure. For and sure. I'm sure uh, being able to Terrastalize helps. Yeah, I bet it does. Is that what you has? Have you had to Terra it, John? It, probably Terra Grass, I'd assume. 100%. Well, so it is Terra Grass, but I don't have to click Terra Grass that often because the teams that I that I copied over from were really balancey kind of teams. So you can switch out to a bunch of different things and be just fine and then bring Arcanine in later in the game whenever it's normal typing is just fine. Yeah, that makes sense. It's kind of funny to me that it's not even always like Rockhead. That was like the most hyped thing, but it's actually just good at doing Arcanine things with Rock Slide. And the other voice that you heard, none other than Spicer, the person who hosted the podcast in my absence. Thank you again very much for doing so. So back again for another week. How are you doing, Spicer? 
Hey, I'm pretty good. Thank you. I had a lot of fun hosting and uh, I look forward to doing it again, you know, just uh, like go on vacation and, you know, a few more months and it'll be time for another pop quiz. Oh yeah. You're kicking me out again already. <laughs> just saying it, you're safe. Your, your little, your baby is safe with us. Okay. Okay. That, that, that is good. Yeah. I definitely, I definitely would agree. And if you are listening and did not hear the, last week's episode i highly suggested because yes the pop quiz of reaching out to several people from the community and from the podcast was very very fun asking them to uh some pokemon quiz questions and also just getting to know them a little bit more so very cool idea that you guys had I like that a lot uh but other than that what else you got going on twice not a whole lot i mean it's fourth of july but not doing much that's crazy it might might do like an evening barbecue with some close friends. I don't know. Um, nighttime barbecue. But yeah, I went to like my locals yesterday. I uh, kind of got wrecked, but it's my fault because I brought four genies and I hadn't even practiced all that much with it. But it was a great time. Pretty good turnout at my locals for our, our usual scene. And nice. uh, looking forward to it growing. If you could hear this and you're from Las Vegas, please reach out to me. They streamed it, and we got to watch Spicer destroy a 13-year-old. It was That's great. true. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it's at the Luxor, so there's always, like, some kids there with their parents, you know, who are there. Like, for example, 4th of July weekend, and like, I want to go play Pokemon. And then the parents are like, okay, and then they don't realize what they're getting into. And, like, three hours later, the parents are like, I want to leave, and their kid is crying because they're getting destroyed over and over. When <laughs> best of threes by various players who are 30 years old and uh i don't know i felt uh good though because there was a little girl who was like I-, I need a booster energy and i need to find it before the tournament and i was like oh i'll give you a booster energy it's on this totally legitimately obtained shiny flutter main and uh you're gonna love it use this flutter main just decimate the ladder nice but yeah thank you so much for uh for hosting last week <laughs> i do apo- i do appreciate that uh you were gonna say something john earlier yeah, I was going to say, we uh, we actually bought you and your wife uh, plane tickets, and we arranged for a babysitter uh, for your child. Oh, man. Thank you so yeah, much. Three where, months where, where are we going? Spicer, he's said that your baby's in good hands. We volunteer. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I'm good on that. The ammo's got you. <laughs> Dude, I would totally babysit your kid. He's probably like the coolest kid ever. He's he's in a bad spot right now. I'm not gonna lie. He's, well, that's okay. So, he gets very sometimes upset. cool kids are uh, sometimes cool kids have their bad days. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll keep that in mind. I'll keep that in mind. And of course, the third voice that you heard, Will. How's it going, Will? Welcome back. It's going good. I'm happy to be back. I'm still licking my wounds from getting embarrassed during the pop quiz that I got ambushed with last week. That was very very humbling. To be fair, I didn't <laughs> think that that was a real Pokemon either. So, which one? Because there are multiple of them that I didn't think was a real Pokemon. That <laughs> I did not know that Belly Bolt had a pre-evolution. Wow! I just wow. want to say that I was thinking of Seismitoad's pre-evolution when I said it had a Y, mm-hmm. which is the I know tadpole, so I wasn't totally off. And we were gaslighting you the entire time. Yeah, that's which, true. Did you guys not uh, get your shiny charm and like hunt down Tadbulb at some point? Or I like, think I caught Belly Bolt. Like, do the yeah. Aria list of Pokemon every night before I went to bed. I didn't remember all 400. <laughs> I mean, I remember like 
trying to figure out where bolt, belly bolt was and then hearing you had to evolve it. And then of all things, you had to get a stupid thunderstone to evolve it. Like what? <laughs> Who thinks of that on their playthrough? Yes, that's unnecessary. Well, it's, uh, it's better than Cofagrigus or not. No, not Cofagrigus. Runigerus. Runigerus. Regus, there's no G. Okay, I don't know. Next segment, the new segment. Host <laughs> try to pronounce Pokemon. So yeah, I, I think uh, I think you're certainly off the hook on that on that. Will I think some of those were were pretty tough. Uh, I think we can all agree I got the toughest questions. Oh, for sure, for sure. For me, yeah, I was out last week. I was on vacation, went down to Virginia, did some hiking, swimming, and uh, some roller coaster riding. So that was that was fun for me. Other than that, I started playing on the Regulation D ladder. I'd been putting it off for a bit, didn't really know where to start. And then John <laughs> gave me the idea of starting to of using words to build teams. And that was great for me because I like to have structure when I'm trying to build a team. That's why I love Draft League so much because I know exactly what I'm building with and building against. So utilizing the restriction of taking a six letter word or six letter phrase and the and doing like an acrostic, like finding the Pokemon that has the first letter of that name matches the word that I'm, you know, spelling out makes it much easier for me to be like, okay, here are the 15 Pokemon that I have to work with, and then building from there. It's been a lot of fun because you can get some like really, you know, funny words in there. And uh, it just has been it's been cool for me. And also, too, I feel like less uh, dedicated to the team because I know that it's like a joke. Right. And that's been that's been fun for me to do. Pro team team building strats right here. Yeah. Spelling. How do you tell us about the team? (laughs) It's um... (laughs) what sort of words did you choose? Yeah, I I was choosing dirty words, uh, uh, frankly, because <laughs> oh come because, on, Jake, because there's no better way than that works. C O M E O N. Yeah, exactly, and so that's been there's there's no better way to uh, have more fun than with dirty words. You learn that when you're you know eight, and uh, <laughs> you learned other... those when you were eight, Jake. Hold not on. that word, not that word specifically, <laughs> but like, you know, the back of the bus teaches you a lot of stuff, John. Oh, yeah. And so does the closet. <laughs> True. Yeah. True. Other than that, uh, Draft League, fun story that you guys are all privy to. But for, for the listeners, you might find this interesting. We're doing a Draft League and it is a Nat Dex format. So it is whatever is legal within uh, the Nat Dex on Showdown, we're going to be turning into a VGC format. And so some of the Pokemon that you can have access to are like Follow Me on Blastoise or you know Tailwind on Naganadel, which had just been a tutor move back in Gen 7, that sort of thing. And so my partner and I, Tyler, we picked Machamp. And that's because Machamp gets Fisher with no guard in Nat Dex. And it got spoiled within a minute and a half of us picking it. And it threw the entire league, which is like 32 people, into a frenzy of like, this isn't this isn't legal. And then the other half are like, but it's in the rules. And uh John, you were one of the people that was like defending the the choice. And I and um it's so not competitive, <laughs> but it would have been really funny. Free Machamp. 
free Machamp. Thank you. Machamp rights. I asked Will I, if I, just, I should do it, and he said I shouldn't. And then I said, well, if they vote to not ban Ally Switch, then I won't do it. Ally Switch got banned, which I was happy with, and then I still picked Fisher Machamp anyways. So I appreciated your, you know, your angel on my on my shoulder, Will, but I was just gonna go devil every single time. You really hate Ally. <laughs> I like how you like set up the excuse. <laughs> I did. I did. Yeah, um, that's why. <laughs> But uh, anyway, just, that was... if you just wanted to watch the world burn, you would have been ready for it, just like <laughs> I was when I said that I would allow you to have it. And and I and I, I appreciate said I'd vote that. Against it. <laughs> and like that's the thing, we picked like six fake out mons. We had Tailwind. We had everything. We were basically just gonna like have as many options to nullify movement on the other team and just like start taking KOs every single time. And uh, it was gonna be fun. But alas, you know, we'll figure it out later. But yeah, that was a long intro. That was a lot of what's going on and don't want to take away from what else we have on the docket. So let's jump into the agenda. For this episode, we are going to be getting to some news as always to cover and then jump into the closing of Regulation C with... NAIC and the recap there. And then also talk a little bit more on Regulation D to get you all ready for the latter and for some upcoming official and unofficial tournaments that are certainly going to be taking place because there is a lot to learn and a lot to build with. So we're going to give some tips on that. But first, let's get into the news. Will, can you please take this first one? Sure. So Regulation D is officially live on Ladder. Um, this includes all of the Mons that are obtainable in Scarlet and Violet, aside from Restricted. So get your Mons from Home and Hisui and start a new series. This is the format that Worlds is going to be in, and I think it runs through the end of September. So we have a little less than three months right now. Yep, it ends September 30th. So that actually comes into play with some of the other news that we have. Have you guys gone on cart at all to take part in Regulation D? I don't have a team yet, so no. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, yeah, I have a bad team. So. <laughs> Me and Will are working on making Well, we're all making a team together. At least uh, Emma, Will, and I right now. Yeah, I have seen Spicer go on cart when you beat that 13-year-old. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that team that you guys put together. It has some, some very cool mods that aren't just you know everywhere right now, which is cool. Yeah, it's a secret team. Don't talk about it. Okay, yeah, hush, hush. This next one, John, please. To no one's surprise at all, it's Delphox, but it's a fairy Delphox. So it's going to run from July 7th. So that's this upcoming weekend through the 9th. And then it runs again from the 14th to the 16th. So that's July 7th to the 9th and then July 14th to the 16th. Get your fairy type Delphox. Um, it also has the hidden ability Magician, which is actually the better of the two abilities that mess with items because every time Del Fox hits an opponent, it can steal their held item. However, reports are out that uh, those raids don't really steal items. So I think your choice specs or your leftovers should be safe from the sneaky Fox. So swipe or no swiping. Oh man. Wow. Yeah, it was obvious 
I do like Fairy Terra on Delphox, obviously, because it's a psychic type, so the fairies for the dark. But then also, the things that you're going to hit it with, steel and poison, it then has stab against you in fire and psychic. So of the Terras, I think this one is probably the best for it. I like it. Okay, this next one. Spicer, please. All right. During NAIC Play Pokemon released some dates for the upcoming 2024 season. They shared seven dates, ranging from September through October. The mix of uh, North American, Latin America, and European locations. Uh, I'm probably going to be going to the Sacramento one for sure. And then, you know, maybe, uh, what was it, Pittsburgh? Yeah, Pittsburgh was the other one in the Northeast. And then... Toronto. <laughs> Toronto. If I get my passport, maybe. Toronto is cool. Well, I, I was Toronto there. Toronto have once. some delicious poutine. Oh, yeah. That stuff's so good. Some, yeah. some delicious poutine? <laughs> That's another country. Gross. <laughs> But yeah, those are uh, it's very exciting. Uh, the two like what it uh, the two events that will be with Regulation D, or I guess the three events are going to be Pittsburgh, uh, Barcelona, and Curitiba in Latin America. So we'll be interested. I'll be interested to see how those all utilize Regulation D, since we're going to be getting that with the Yokohama Open. I guess will be the first official tournament. With regulation D outside of worlds, right? Is that is that the first official 2024? Or is worlds technically the first 2024? I forget how that works. We'll end the 2023 season and Yokohama Open starts okay. the 2024 season. Yeah. But both of them are regulation D events. Right. Cool. Are there any of these that aren't regulation D? Uh the, the October ones... ones will be regulation E. So like yeah. Peoria, which is the one I'm probably gonna go to, is uh regulation E. And that should, and this is, you know, this is prediction. This is not confirmed, but I think that the first DLC should be out in September. So Reggie might be uh, some DLC mods. I am in complete agreement with you. That's what I'm thinking as well. It just makes the most sense, right? And then they run it October, November, December. December is the second DLC. And then Regulation F starts in January. That's what I'm thinking. But, you know, obviously more on that much later. So speaking of NAIC, a massive congratulations to the champions from the three divisions. From the junior division, we have Avery. From the senior division, Owen. And in the master's division, Alex Gomez Berna taking home the championships. Well done to all three of those fine, fine competitors. A long road to get there so it was uh very cool to to watch all of those we'll get into alex's team and and the uh, the finals and whatnot later on but i enjoyed the the junior division and the senior division finals i thought they were both very exciting very entertaining it was kind of funny in the junior division how avery just led the same exact like the i think i think they brought the same four pokemon every single time yeah she did but twick womb is the best uh, archetype in juniors it's so good i mean you laugh now she's gonna be destroying us in six years yeah. or so dude i think she's like seven <laughs> 13 years and this last piece back to you will please 
I mentioned that I don't have a team, but you know where I can get one? I can get a team for Victory Road. Victory Road now has several Regulation D rental codes and PokePace. So if you are stuck like I was until Spicer and John and I work on a team earlier and you're not sure what to do, then check out Victory Road. Um, they had a pretty good amount there, more than I remember seeing for past regulations. So it's definitely a good resource to use for the early parts of Regulation D. Yeah, I'm looking, scrolling through some of them now. I see Pokemon that you're not seeing too often, which is neat. Stuff like Hisuian Zoroark, uh, Overquill, Glastriere, Basket Legion. So it's not just Fluttermane, Tornadus, Urshifu, that sort of thing. So definitely go check them out. There's even some that have YouTube videos connected to them. So you can even watch like the full report on the team themselves, which is neat. Yep, there are three regulation C teams and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen regulation D teams. So I couldn't come up with a lot one more. more. Come on. <laughs> Maybe I miscounted. We'll assume I miscounted. <laughs> um, but cool. That is the news for this episode. Let's move on to our topics. All right, so for the first one here, we're going to be talking about Regulation C is dead with the close of NAIC. And then we're going to be talking about some Regulation D team building tips. So first off, Regulation C in review. What do you guys think? Do you like it? Do you hate it? Do you think it could have been better? Did you not really play it at all? I'll start with you. I liked it. Yeah. Um, I think it was fun. I don't know. Hopefully, uh, I'm hoping that like this regulation D meta doesn't wind up being so centralized that we look back on regulation C like too fondly. I don't know. Part of me thinks we're going to, we might get into a meta where it's just like the same teams. You got Rain, Urshifu, you got Hudra teams, you got you know, whatever else, just because the power level's gone up so high, but it might not happen. There's a lot of good mods right now. It was a good time, though. Uh, it was kind of fun with uh, the the meta what it, for what it was. There's a lot of special attackers, I'd say, versus Ting Lu. I mean, balance was really popular. And I guess in that, thinking about it that way, like, it, it, we'll probably see a lot more variety in Reg V, I hope. What about you guys? Well, what, what do you think of Reg C? I liked it. I think it's interesting how, like, if you think back to the beginning of Reg C, people were, like, panicking. Like, this regulation is terrible. It's all balanced teams. And it's the same stuff over and over again. And now when you look at, like, what happened at NAIC, and that team just almost entirely disappeared. You occasionally still see, like, remnants of it with a few small changes. But looking at, like, the top 16, which I'm sure we're going to do in a little bit, there's, like, a lot of good team diversity. People were doing some interesting things. I think at the end of the series, people were kind of able to come up with some cool creative teams. Yeah, I, I definitely, definitely agree with you. What about you, John? Yeah, it was always my uh, hunch and stipulation at the, be- at the beginning of Regulation C that it was actually super, super, super diverse and that people had these palance teams that all looked really similar to help control for this diversity of stuff. And I hmm. think... Fresno, I think NIIC, I think the the latter few tournaments in this format showed just how wide the wide open the, the uh, format really is. 
Like for example, down in Latin America, we had this weird Magnazone Bexcalibur team that was that, you know, there's two or three of them that went top eight in one event. Um, Mouseape of all things was doing really well down there. Roaring Moon, one EUIC. There was just like a bunch of weird Pokemon that people thought were quote unquote bad and strategies that people thought were really bad um, or mid that turns out were just as potent as any other. And I didn't, I, I think towards the end, I kind of got bored <laughs> of regular regulation C mm-hmm. only because I'm like, I don't want to really figure out a team to solve the format. I just want to have a little bit of fun. And then I was kind of like, oh, I'm ready to move on. But I think it was a really good showcase of like, you, you don't have to use the new overpowered mods. Like we actually had not one, but at least two huge tournaments that were won without ruined Pokemon. And I'm yeah, like, oh, that's, that's cool. a really good case in point of like, you don't have to use the new powerful tools if you don't want to. You can just use what you're comfortable with, which I think is a really healthy metagame. Yeah. And, and I think yeah. for me, that's the thing about Regulation C that I think is going to stick with me the most. You all sort of really touched on it is how it was very similar in the beginning and then expanded from there. And I think that that kind of speaks to what could happen with future regulations based on how they used to be done in the past where there would be just one format and it would last for like six months. Getting it tra- like shortened down to only three months you know, with regulations oh, yeah. A and B, we only saw the, those actually even only last for two months. I really do think this final third month was so critical to save, at least in my opinion, my thoughts on regulation C. Because had it just ended in, you know, after that second month where it was like just a ton of like balance and then maybe like new balance was kind of starting to pop up. It would be just like that was kind of boring to me. And that's just kind of like I don't really like balance very much. But seeing now that we've seen like, you know, some like fast sun, we've seen multiple tournaments, like you said, n- not needing the ruined Pokemon. And then we see, you know, Chen Pao Dragonite with or Chen Pao Dragapult, um, you know, pop up to, to take it home from Alex. It's like that's what I want to see more so in the future where yes, it becomes centralized in the, in the beginning, but then people continue to build on how to beat that and then how to beat that. And then how to beat that from moving out forward, because to your point, Spicer, if it does become very centralizing indeed, then I think that that would be a backward step. And I think that would be very unfortunate to see that happen. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm kind of optimistic right now because I guess it was getting kind of old in rake C, but uh, every, every time the power level goes up a lot, you kind of miss like, certain mons that you didn't give the chance back when the power level was lower yeah like i wish i experimented a little more in reggae in hindsight yeah yeah regulation i feel like they could bring it back like so they could bring back reggae or something similar at some point and i think we'd be happy that's exactly what i was gonna say like it didn't get a shot it it got it got basically six weeks and really it was only like four weeks because People hadn't even finished EVing and, and like and, and whatnot in the beginning. And then they just announced regulation B immediately. And it was just like, oh, okay. Like I don't we we barely even got, you know, Poke Analytics or Peak Peak Analytics uh data before mm-hmm. it moved on to regulation B. But yeah, and I bet even with the same mods, the meta would be a lot different now that we're all more comfortable with the mods. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so that is so like regulation C. Uh, more like, you know, regulation 
see you later. Uh, so rolling into NAIC, let's talk about some of these top teams. Okay, so let's chat about NAIC. So again, the champion for the Masters Division, Alex Gomez Berna. Uh, I hope I'm saying last name correctly. Um, you may have noticed when you were watching back that they were not on stage as it was pre-recorded earlier in the day because was it Alex or Raghav Alex, that had had to go? Alex had the Alex. flight because he had to flight. go back to Spain. Cool. Uh, well, I'm glad that they were able to, you know, get that all done and taken care of because it certainly did matter considering Alex won with a very unique team. So for the uh, for this breakdown, what do you guys want to do? You want to do uh, we'll just like sort of talk about some of the some of those in the top eight, maybe check on some of the uh, more interesting items and then sort of go from top bottom. Yeah, I think that makes sense. We probably don't have to spend as much time on this since it's right. See you later. Exactly. Okay, so obviously the uh, the big pair with Alex's team, Choice Band, Dragapult, and Chen Pao. This is something that that really came to prominence with Justin Tang when he won his regional. Was it Fort Wayne? It was Fort Wayne. Yeah. It was the first real uh, regional because so, Sydney doesn't count. So- <laughs> Exactly. Uh, Jack's like shaking his fist somewhere. Um, so Pow Pult bookends the regionals for regulation C. And something that you brought up, John, that is very cool with this combo is although Dragapult with the Choice Band and the Terra Ghost with Terra Blast, it is very strong, but it kind of misses out on just a few of those few of those KOs, so things like Dondozo with Yawn and Sand Tomb, Ruination from, you know, Ting Lu is able to help clean up some of that. So this team is very interesting. They mentioned multiple times in the broadcasts of Alex's The Games that he has a ton of different options. He can do a bunch of different stuff. I mean, substitute on Flutter Main, like you look at this team on a team sheet and it's like, I don't know where to start. Yeah, and the other uh, big tech that uh, Neil Patel or Neil VGC pointed out was the Terra normal on Dondozo is actually your mouse ape counter because if you're huh. a normal type, yeah, you can't really rage fist into it. And if you have Dondozo Ting Lu out front, you can do the the Yawn Sand Tomb trap onto either the Mousehold or the or the Annihilate. And if you're Terra normal, then you have a dark type and a normal type that you're just wasting beat ups into. So. Yeah, that's probably like the spiciest tech or techs on the team is the Terra Normal and then the Sand Tomb Yawn thing. Because what Sand Tomb dump does is it traps the, the thing that's affected by it as long as the user of Sand Tomb is on the field. So if Tinglu hightails it, then Sand Tomb is off the field. Mm-hmm. But if you Sand Tomb and Yawn the same slot, then they're guaranteed to take that sleep on the next turn. Huh. Yeah. I have done that so many times with this team. That's really cool. So, well, what about you? Anything on this team stick out to you that you uh, want to comment on? I think the thing that sticks out to me that I'm just realizing now is like, if you were to look at this team based on type charts, you'd be like, uh, this team gets wiped by Flutter, the most popular mod in the format that has super effective damage at the five of six of this team. 
Yeah. So the fact that it's able to work in spite of that is like great team building. Yeah. And I think that was the, there was that was even evidenced in the final where it was turn one. The uh the Dragapult was able to take out the opposing Chi Yu, but then and then the Chen Pao did Ice Spinner into Fluttermane and didn't kill it. And then Fluttermane Dazzling Gleams and one shots the Dragapult and then takes the Chen Pao down to Sash. But it didn't matter because what Alex had in the back was able to then clean up. So it's like, yeah, it gets white, but it also it's almost like it, it baits the Fluttermane. But yeah. then so then you have some you have a faster Chen Pao, you have um like the the bulky ting lu you even maybe you can even run phantom force on dragapult if you can like get it in after the flutter main or something like that uh, or even have it go first so it's like they have to bring the flutter main but then you can beat it almost immediately yep definitely uh yeah i think it's a really cool team though um i was always surprised there's not more solo dozos out there because it it has great stats still on its own and very annoying with Jan, and this team definitely takes advantage of that. The Santum is cool. Yeah. And especially like if you don't need it to just be a massive damage dealer, it can be your your Yawn, you know, force switch type thing. Like, yeah, it's special defense is pretty garbage, but its HB stat is so high that you can kind of get away with it in, 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 at some points, and especially if you just bring it into the right matchups and make it more like mm-hmm. against the physical attackers like John mentioned with mouse ape as a counter, then it can really do a lot for you. And you got to plug in the two, five, two special defense. It goes a long way. Right. Right. Okay. So again, congratulations to them. Long live Spain. And on to Ragov coming in second place with a partial rain team with the Arcanine Fluttermane, Amoongus core, and then iron hands to hold it together. It seemed like a fairly straightforward team. Some of the spicy things you see on there. Wide Guard on Pelipper with the Focus Sash. Terra Grass on Palafin, which, Will, you were way ahead of the game on that. And, I knew uh, it. Steel Terra Mungus. So, yeah, seems like it's a pretty cool team. And, of course, you know, the classic Choice Specs Trick Room Fluttermane. Yeah, you get eight turns. <laughs> exactly. But, yeah, you like uh, you liked, you liked Grass Terra Palafin for a while now. Yeah, I really wanted to use it for uh, Hartford when I was originally planning to use Palance, but then Palance completely fell off the map, so I abandoned it. But I thought it was cool. You get around the Amoongus, which is really nice. You resist the grass and electric that would normally be targeting Palafin. I thought it was a cool idea. Yeah. What about you, John? What uh, sticks out to you about this team? I think Ragov's team respects the metagame a bit more because the Arcanine and the Pelipper in particular are really nice in terms of the text on them because there's a lot of Arcanines with both safety goggles and Terra grass on them. Um, But this Arcanine is Terra water instead. So Raga realized, oh, I don't actually need to double up on all that stuff. And I don't actually need the ground resist anymore because I have pallets. Like I have Palafin to take care of basically all the ground types in the format. Um, But Pelipper allows you to have this like rain mode to the team. So that allows you to counter all the manual sun, all the sun teams, all the snow teams, all the sand teams. And wide guard helps you under trick room against expanding force, dazzling gleam, eruption, earthquake, like just all these really potent moves. And so you aren't just relying on Amoongus 
for your trick room matchup or just Arcanine or just, you know, XYZ things. It's you actually have several options to most of the teams in the format. And, and so it's a really good case in point of like one move can really help out. And the Iron Hands having the Volt switch on there, like allowing it to pivot in and out is really cool because you can lead Iron Hands, Volt, you can lead Iron Hands Palafin, switch out the Palafin and Volt switch to get a Palafin in hero form at the end of turn one. And like you are locked and loaded, ready to go. Yeah, that was the yeah, one, a- that was one of the things that came up in, I think it was their top four match. Yep. Where they were just sitting there with a, like after turn one, a fully, you know, fully transformed Palafin. And I was like, I was never able to do that with Palafin. And like, I realized that it's easy to do, but at the same time, it's still just very impressive to be able to be like, it's going to take me one turn and I'm, I'm going to increase, I'm going to have a, a, you know, transform Pokemon with what is like 160 attack or something like that. Like insane. I think this team is kind of brilliant in its simplicity. Like just looking at it, I'm like, Oh yeah, this looks like a really solid Greg C rain team. Like how come we didn't see more of this? And it's almost like, dang, I wish I had thought of this because it seems like the perfect time to bring it. Like everybody was so comfortable with sun. It's good medical. Yeah. And what I like too, is that it's like, it's a, it's like a rain pair, but not a full rain team, but then it has ways to benefit from the rain with like the grass Terra on iron hands, which is very common. Yes. But then you have the Steel Terra on Amoogus, you know, and it's like you can still have Arcanine on the team because Arcanine, Fluttermane and Amoongus all work really well together, especially with Iron Hands. Like you don't even need to bring Rain, which I don't think Rain ever came in the finals. So it's like the team works in any variety of ways. And I think that speaks to how easy, you know, how easy it is. And uh, the Grass Terra is just so great, obviously, because you're in the rain and you don't need the Water Terra when you're in the rain. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Let's go on to the next team that we have here. Victor Medina rocking New Balance with Fluttermanting Lou, Amoongus, Gyarados, Chiyu, and Iron Hands. The Fire Iron Hands. I like that one. Chiyu with the uh, Water Terra, Terra Blast choice specs. I got destroyed by that. And poison Ting Lu with assault vest is pretty neat as well. This is yeah, this is a, this is a very good New Balance team. Yeah, did we talk about how that last flutter main was trick room specs? Because that's spicy. Anyway, yeah, eight turns, right? Yep, yeah, eight turns. <laughs> oh yeah, um, but yeah, this team just looks like what a lot of people were running towards the end of Reg C, and it's good. You guys have a preference on what Gyarados you preferred? Like whether it was like more supportive or ran waterfall plus Ironhead. Uh, I never was crazy about Ironhead because waterfall and Thunder Wave are great moves to click into Fluttermane anyways. Yeah, a lot of the time, and yeah, just it's got great utility with uh, just protecting is always nice. Yeah, and I'd either even rather have like Helping Hand or something like that, and just boost the damage of my partner rather than have to click Ironhead. True. Hey, Will, uh, where is uh, Gyarados' hand to use Helping Hand with? I don't know, but it's got them. It's like the, uh, what is the sound of one hand clapping? It's just its tail doing it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. He uses his little whiskers. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that'd, that be, that'd be fun. That'd be that fun. 
God. <laughs> thinking about him is so funny i'm just imagining like that his like back fin just like slapping his partner <laughs> and then somehow that makes the flutter main like you know shoot off a dazzling gleam that's bigger yeah it's like a slap on the back you know like in a good way like yeah, come yeah on. also looking at it like it just looks so encouraging right like it's just yeah. cheering on its buddy yeah. Oh no! Here's what it does. The helping hand is actually just like launching the flutter main at them. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Totally makes sense. I, I'm. I actually think like uh, like dragon dance in the last slot sounds pretty cool because you have the three support moves: waterfall, thunder wave, and taunt. And taunt is really good for like Amoongus stuff and trick room setters. But having dragon dance allows you to have a setup option on the team. So that if you're like, oh, my Gyarados is just like sitting here and I don't necessarily want to click Waterfall, you can click and you don't need to click the other moves and you actually could make active progress in the in the game. Yeah, mm. that's true. That's true. Because then like, you know, people have to respect it as opposed to kind of not necessarily leave it alone, but aren't as concerned about the damage it's going to be doing. Also interesting about this team, as with pretty common you see on New Balance teams, no real speed control outside of that thunder wave. You got redirection, you got sleep, and you just got a ton of bulk and just regular speed to be able to get through your opponent. Congrats to them. I'm sure the uh, the devil is in the EVs about how some of this is going to be, you know, calced out and whatnot. Going on to number four. Joe Ugarte, a common member of this top four, very, very, you know, excellent player. Obviously, they brought their, I think their same team except for Ice Shard over Sucker Punch on their Chen Pao from when they won in Portland. It's your, you know, Fisher Torkoal with uh, Jump Luff. And Great Tusk, Flutter Mange, and Pow, and Fire King Gambit. I I have to say, I know I've said it before, but Joe is probably one of the best King Gambit players I've ever seen. And granted, King Gambit is a Gen 9 Pokemon, but like the way that he's able to predict Arcanine switch-ins and like just get that Defiant boost so frequently, it's extremely impressive to watch. Yeah, I I also like that he's stuck with the assurance over Kowtow Cleave mm -hmm. because I mean you see him do it all the time that he's gonna he's gonna bait out a terror from something, particularly like an iron hands that usually resists dark moves. And then once it's terrored out of its dark resist, you can just use a spread move or, or double up the same slot and guarantee that that assurance is gonna do what I think it's like 120 base damage at that point mm -hmm. and just you know clean stuff out. And King Gambit's just an insane Pokemon. Like, it really, it really is. I mean, like, thank God it's slow. Because if it wasn't, oh, man. It's not um, slow. It's got the zoomies, bud. Yeah, true. I mean, I guess it, it works in Trick Room and, like, Sucker Punch is always is fast. But, like, imagine if it had, like, it's know, on a 90 Roomba. speed or something. Yeah, it drives around it on its uh, hair Roomba. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is so weird. It's like Bayonetta. All her hair. Anything else? Uh, I mean, we, we've talked about Joe's team countless times. Yeah, but I like his Chen Pao changes. Like, it, no, I don't know. I don't think anybody wanted to make any changes to what we all thought was the Chen Pao 
but this one does like the job. Like he's not relying on sucker punch, which at this point we all expect. And you mm-hmm. just think like, Oh, I don't have to worry about Chen Pao as long as I'm not using attacking moves. He flipped that expectation at the last, you know, big event. That is a good point. That is a, certainly a big benefit to ice shard is doesn't matter if you're, opponents using a stat, uh, you know status move or if you lose the speed tie on sucker punch with the opposing chen pao or something you're still able to attack but cool of course as always congrats to joe uh next our our fifth team we have marco silva running another new balance except this one has garchomp with stone edge and pixie plate flutter main there it is. It became legal once home dropped because of the plates that you can pick up in the port for uh, Arceus or Arceus, whatever. And uh, kind of cool to see it on there because you still get that. It's like a life four blue boost, right? Or is it only 20%? It's 20%. Okay. But there's no, obviously, no uh, HP reduction. Pretty similar to the last New Balance team that we saw from Victor. I guess a few changes would be leftovers on Chi Yu instead of choice specs. Of course, the Garchomp instead of the Ting Lu. So you get a little more speed, a little more damage. And it's Assault Vest, Iron Hands instead of safety goggles. And the Garchomp has safety goggles. I like that. I like that switch. I think Garchomp's really cool in that slot. What do you think, Will? Yeah, I think it's a cool team. I think Garchomp gives it a little bit more of an offensive pressure than Ting Lu does. Um, the setup is also nice and pairs well with Amoongus with Rage Powder and Iron Hands Fake Out. Right. So it's kind of a cool way to do it. And then you can just Stomping Tantrum and Stone Edge everything. Hope you hit your Stone Edges. Yeah, and if you don't, Stomping Tantrum is in like 150 power, so it's fine too. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's a good point that with Rock Slide, you have to actually miss both of them for Stomping Tantrum to go off. Really? But with, uh, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, because yeah. it's like it, it's still doing damage. It's still successful in uh, some regard. Well, or oh. or it's you if you hit into one protect, but then you hit the other one, it still counts as succeeding because it actually hits something. Right. So, Interesting. Yeah. So like Stone Edge can quote unquote miss more often, which is <laughs> weird that you would want that to be more reliable, but it happens. Right. Beer would still never run this. He would never run Stone Edge. No, God, no. I hate Stone Edge so much. Another big thing that I like about this team is that Fluttermane does not have any ghost attacks. Got Substitute, Dazzling Gleam, and Moonblast with that Pixie Plate. Protect, of course. Yeah, good shout. Because it's like, with the Pixie Plate boost on the Terra Ferry, you know, you you know that most Fluttermanes are not going to let you hit, not let you hit them with a Shadow Ball. So, don't use it. And it makes sense because, you know, you don't want to have the mouse follow me. You don't have to worry about that. So you might as well just Moonblast it instead. Although Moongus kind of shuts you down, but that's okay. But that's what the substitute's for. Does that make sense? Neat. Yep. Uh, moving on to Chuppa. Rocking a very hyper offense team. This reminds me of what? Oh, James Evans. Yeah, James Evans. Thank you very much, John was using with uh, Chen Pao, Goldengo, Talonflame, Dragonite, Iron Bundle, and Garchomp. So you have your Pao Knight core, you have your Talon Chomp tour, uh, core with Goldengo, and then Iron Bundle for additional speed control. 
just very hyper offense. I'm going to beat you into the ground. Uh, Poison Garchomp is neat with Iron Head on there. I think something that Chuppa pulled off on stream that I thought was so cool was Booster Energy Bundle, and then he tricked the choice specs onto it. So he was able to have that speed plus the the choice specs damage, and then Godango was able to pick different moves. And I was like, that's that was pretty that was pretty cool. And he almost had the roll on the Dondozo when he right after he did that, he almost had the damage rolls to finish that game out. Wow, like that's that is that is really neat. It's unfortunate it didn't work out because that would have been like such a sick play. But uh, I, in theory like these kind of teams but then i play them and i just am too squishy and i don't have any room <laughs> for error and i lose <laughs> you are very squishy jake you're yeah, very squishy yeah, I am. anything yeah. stick out to you about this john i, I just remember uh because i liked playing hyper offense with my mr rhyme team um back in series 12 of swish <laughs> of course of um, course mr rhyme hyper offense classic uh, combo yeah awesome yeah um <laughs> But the thing with hyper offense is that you have to be okay with your sacks more than like a balance team or even a defense team. Um, Go on. Because with hyper offense, you're often playing to this particular board state of having particular conditions up. In this case, having tailwind up while you have Garchomp, Goldango, Champagne, whoever whoever you need in the back. But it's like you want a mid-game tailwind up so that your back guy can actually sweep through everything in the end, or you want to have will-o'-wisp under one physical attacker that encounters your whole team so that your guys can bulk through etc. Et um, and sometimes in order to accomplish those plays, it's like you do the move and you're, and you know that you're going to drop. Yeah. And so that's a different mindset than most people are used to is I need to give up this Pokemon in order to make progress rather than I need to switch out this Pokemon in order to make progress. Yeah, you have to know when to uh when to preserve it and when to let it go. Yep. Um gotta know when to hold them, <laughs> when to fold them. Something like very that. Very true. Uh yeah, but like this, you know, there look very much looks like a, a fun team. And uh congrats to Chapa. Keeping on, keeping on. We have Jody coming in at seven with a rain team. They faced off against Joe on stream, and it was a, a weather war that Joe was able to come out on top as Jody brought rain. This one is the same six as uh, Ragov's rain. It's the entire. Yeah. It's the exact same team. It's the exact like same everything. Team. Yeah. Everything is okay. the same. I guess they obviously can't speak to EVs, but it all looks the same. Yeah, which is because uh, then Joe lost to Ragov, right? Well, Ragov got Correct. the intel. He got to watch how yeah. we approach yeah. match versus Jody. Ragov definitely demolished Joe. Yeah, I'll, I will also say that uh, Ragov got Joe with without leading Palafin in his second game. Because normally you lead Palafin so you can get the switch out. He actually brought Palafin in the back, and he was banking on being able to switch it out in the end game. Mm -hmm. So tip for everybody: you don't need to lead Palafin all the time. It's true. And that is what separates the good Palafin players from those that are uncomfortable with it. Because <laughs> you, you think you got to lead it, but you don't always have to. But yeah, this is a... 
not much more to say really on it, but congrats to Jody. Uh, and uh, I, I highly suggest following Jody on Twitter if you don't, because he's very funny. Um, and last but certainly not least, rounding out the top eight, Justin Knox with the Iron Moth. Yes, we had to get to it. Uh, Heat Wave Energy Ball, Acid Spray, Protect on Iron Moth with the Booster Energy with the Sash Fluttermane, Lefties on Goldango, Lumberry Iron Hands, Light Clay Grimmsnarl, and your what? annoying no. support Gyarados. Um, what a Chad. This is such a cool team. It's a really cool team. It's, I mean, like a nasty plot Goldango, so it can sit behind screens. Um, no party shot on Grimmsnarl. It's a Spirit Break, Screens, and Thunder Wave. Uh, the Sash Fluttermane is neat, so it's just like go very fast. And which it also works with Acid Spray on Iron Moth with the Speed Booster Energy, so it's going to be doing a lot of damage. And Lumberry and Iron Hands, plus the Grass Terra, so you don't necessarily need to have to Terra to be able to avoid the Spore. This is... This is cool. I'm glad Iron Moth was able to, to get up there. I wish it could have been Latte, but uh, I'm glad that he got some representation in the top eight. This was like an early yeah. reg B thing, right? Of the acid spray Iron Moth next to Fluttermane. Yeah. Sure yeah, that was... Uh, I had that with Dozo. So you basically you like lead those two, and then you'd have Dozo, Geary in the back, and like whatever Lutter, Iron Moth weren't able to kill, Dozo would be able to take care of the rest, really. Yep. That was fun. It's old school strat. A whole four months ago. <laughs> yeah. But it's still valid. I mean, man. the minus two from acid spray is no joke. Yeah, well, especially yeah. with Bobango too. Mm-hmm. And also you'll, and you'll notice the the lumberry on Iron, Iron Hands covers both for Will-O-Wisp and safety gop and, and uh spore. True. Yep. So you're covering for both like the terror grass and the terror fire thing, but it's got both sword stance and fake out. Typically, you don't see sword stance on a fake out set because the last move is detect, or you don't see um, sword stance on a fake out set because it's an AV set. So you have so sword stance is like a volt switch or heavy slam or something like that. So the fact that Justin went with kind of like both modes at the same time uh, gave this team a lot more flexibility. Yeah, yeah so way it's like- to innovate. And like the 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 benefit I think too, because that really that really works in open team sheet too, right? Because it's like they see the fake out on iron hands plus they see the sword stance. So you have to accommodate for both. So it's like, do you potentially not protect and try to attack thinking that they're going to sword stance? Or do you protect thinking you're gonna get fake faked out? And then it's like, you know, if you then are sitting in front of a plus two iron hands as your Pokemon use protect. It's like, Oh, that sucks. That sucks. But cool. That is the top eight. Um, Again, I've said it before. I'll continue to say it. NAIC is a massive, massive tournament Uh, for this. The final tally 777 masters players uh, with that triple seven number. It was lucky for Alex Gomez taking home the championship adios regulation c we are now on to regulation d so for those that are struggling with what exactly to build around or build with or even just how to jump in we have some ideas for you stay tuned
All right, so here we are in July. Regulation D has started. You've moved all of your Pokemon over from Pokemon Home. You've gone back to Hisui and made sure that you had plenty of Gudras and Ursalunas to bring in. You got your Regilecki and you know Regidrago and all that kind of stuff. And they're all sitting in your box and you're like, what the heck do I do now? Well, if that's you, Keep on listening because we're going to help you out. Uh, not that we know much better, but we do know some things about how to build a team. And by we, I mean they. So, guys, let's help out the listener who is unsure of what exactly to do with Regulation D. So there's a couple of different ways you can go about doing this. We're going to walk through some different ways to like build a team and get your feet wet. And of course, as always, as we mentioned before, there are some sample teams to check out on Victory Road, as well as some that we have posted ourselves in our own server. So be sure to check those out if you just can't be bothered and you're just like, I got to get on the ladder immediately. Also, be sure to check Twitter, follow some of the, you know, big names in VGC and also some of the larger content creation groups like Pokesports or VGC Corner or things of that nature, um, or Jody as a really, as we had mentioned prior, because you'll be able to find some pretty good ideas from there. And then also engage in the discourse that you are talking about. One such video that I found very, very funny, but also very accurate for team building specifically was posted by Jody. And he was like, okay, so you want to try to make a underused Pokemon work. Let's start with something like Heracross. It has good stabs with Bug and Rock for the to break multi-scale on Dragonite or to break, you know, focus sashes or to, you know, get kills on you know, dark types and whatnot. So let's start with this. So it's a physical attacker. So that means that you're going to want something like, oh, I don't know, Chen Pao for the Sword of Ruin to make that damage do more. And then, okay, what pairs well with Chen Pao, a good partner for that if you don't necessarily have Heracross available? Let's go with Dragonite. Okay, so now what do we need? We need speed control. That's right. And what offers great speed control in a very quick fashion? Prankster Tailwind from Tornadus Eye. That's right. So now these are all physical attackers. So now what do we need? That's right, a Flutter Mane. And then, okay, hmm, this team seems pretty fast. What if we have problems with Trick Room? Amoongus, that's right, guys. And there you go. There is your, there's your team. And it was just funny to me because it's like, yes, you really could put any Pokemon in that sixth slot as long as you have the Pal Knight, Tornadus Eye, Amoongus, Flutter Mane, core uh, you know group of five and anything else would probably kind of just like fit in there so um, that was just kind of funny but we also do have some additional team building tips for you so let's get started john we will go with you your one mon idea yeah do you mean like changing one mon or like building around one mon uh that's a great question because i was unclear we're gonna <laughs> do uh add one mon I don't, okay. have a, I don't have a catchy name for it yet. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. So the, so this is taking the thought of we've had regulation a regu regulation B regulation C and now regulation D. And if you'll, and if you go through the tournaments and look through all the teams over time, 
especially from like the same players, you'll notice that a lot of players have very similar team archetypes or team structures from A to B to C. Um, and they might have changed one Pokemon here, two Pokemon here with similar roles or just better stats. So what you can do is you can go through like all the NAIC teams and say, I think, you know, this person who came in 22nd place has a really solid team. But you're like, I want to change. I want to use some of the new Pokemon. So what you can do is pull up a team of six that you think looks cool and just change one Pokemon. So, for example, if you pull up a new balance team that has like Chiyu, Iron Hands, Gyarados, etc. on the team. And you're like, I just want to change one Pokemon. You could say, okay, Gyarados is a water type. Well, a new water type that we have is Urshifu water. So I'm just going to trade out the Gyarados for Urshifu and see how the team runs. An example of this from a recent uh, Limitless tournament is from one of our own uh, VGC trainer school folks in the winner of the Van Vancouver Regional, Sempra, who has basically just a regulation C rain team, but he traded out one Pokemon for Basque Legion. So now he has Pelipper for the rain setter, Basque Legion for the rain sweeper, and then this kind of balanced core with Iron Hands, King Gambit, Fluttermane, and Amoongus to round out the team. But only one Pokemon is actually a Reg D Pokemon. Everything else you've seen before. And he got second place at this, at this Limitless tournament, so clearly it, it did pretty well. So yeah, you can take an established team of six and change out one or two Pokemon and see how you like it. That's the change one Pokemon idea. And I like this because it speaks to the original team was built in such a way for a very specific reason. And you know that it's already good in its current state. So if you can add just, you know, one something additional, and then you can sort of see like, okay, does this help or hurt? Um, should I take this away? Should I change a different member of the team? You know, maybe instead of changing out that Chi Yu, maybe you turn it to, I don't know, Scarf Charizard or whatever. And then you see how that goes. Or if you're like, okay, you know what? I do like the Urshifu. I'm going to change one more thing and just sort of go from there. I think it's, I think it's a fun way to get started because you're not having to team build the entire six, just one at a time. Exactly. And it's super concrete. Team building is a very nebulous concept for a lot of us. Um, I was talking in our, the main uh, trainer school server about education theory and all these different steps of thinking tasks. And team building involves like a bunch of different layers of thinking um, all the, all put together in one. And what we often don't realize is that we we can't build a team, which is creative stuff, because we don't actually know how to analyze stuff or evaluate that one Pokemon is better than another. Or we don't even know our type matchups that well, or we don't even know what Pokemon does what that well. And so we get stuck at, in team building and we're like, where do we, where do I go from here? So paring it down to just saying, okay, this is a great team. All I'm going to do is change one thing helps you just get in the builder, you know, change one thing around tinker a little bit and get playing. Cause ultimately it's practice. That's going to help inform your team building. Very true. And I think the, uh, you really hit the nail on the head for me there with how there's just so much to plan for so much to prep for. It really does feel like when you have so many options, it can be overwhelming. So narrowing it down is really nice. Okay. So, uh, Spicer, you had a really cool team that I liked a lot. And 
it's built around a the idea of like building around a core concept, like something that you think is cool, something that you think is new, something that you would like want to try, and then building a team around that and then figuring out the rest later through testing and then changing it and whatnot. So what was you did and how could it be applied for someone getting started? Well, what I did was I had this, you know, I had three genies on a team in Reg 8 and I was very rough Reg 8, Gen 8. And I was like, there's four genies now. I'm going to have four genies. And it, it, it helps that they actually had some synergy. Like there's this uh, gimmick with the Enamorous and uh, Thunderous, but I wouldn't recommend building a team that way. <laughs> Here's a great way to build a team. You go on Limitless, right? You find, you find the teams that just are topping, right? You use those teams. And you figure out why they work and make a little adjustments if you can, but only once you tested enough with the way it's supposed to be played. And uh, yeah, that's what I got for you because I, I'm not going to tell you to build four genies or go and, you know, use all Cantonian birds and Galarian birds on one team. Like you do it for fun and play ladder, but uh, maybe don't go to your local where you uh, are playing for prize money and uh, use that team. I mean, it was fun. I, 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 took advantage of like gravity. I just thought it was funny. I've always thought Sandy shots this stuff is funny. So I had a good time with that team. And if you're looking to have a good time, you do whatever you want. You test and practice enough to make it work. I'll say that much. Fair enough. And, and, and I do think that's, that is definitely another good way to go about team building is just sort of like doing team testing. Um, Limitless does have great, great options and uh, all the open team sheets. Um, another one of the great things about open team sheet is everything gets posted there. So you can go and see what works and what doesn't. And then you can sort of just like mess around with the EVs yourself as you pull them into showdown. But uh, the reason I did want you to, that um, I wanted to go to you about the, the genie thing is because like your idea was like, I want to utilize these storm moves. And so what do the storm moves need? They need, because like they're they're not always 100% accurate. Um, so they need rain. rain so you have, or so you have, or gravity, right? So you built the team around that. So like, okay, so you put, uh, so you didn't necessarily want a rain setter because that could be easily countered with like Torkoal or something like that. And you also, you also didn't want to necessarily benefit the Urshifu. So then you put manual rain on Prankster Thunderous. And then because the fact that you had manual rain, then you also had thunder on Sandy Shocks, but that would also be benefited from gravity and then you're like i need gravity because springtide storm isn't doesn't get the benefit from rain and then you were able to just sort of go down the line like that and i think that that's a neat way to do it because it's another way to shrink the pool of pokemon and make it much more fixated on what you want to do because you're building around a core concept whether it's like i'm going to build a sun team or a rain team or a trick room team and you're not necessarily needing to look at everything you're just like okay what benefits from this call yeah. it a gimmick but like this specific game plan you know i'd say that like just like practice is really is everything like i think i could have even done better uh with my meme team if i had just made sure i had a plan into like the most common of lead comps for like your opponents like like i i was kind of just ignoring chen pao dragonite when i had tested it and it was just taking those losses and then when i went up against that team it was like oh yeah i don't have a plan for this like 
at least practice enough that you have like flowcharts into into what the meta is, like how Latte had his plans for his team of six mons that he likes to use. But like if you're gonna meme, like put some effort into it or expect to lose. Yeah, and I think that last part is very important to remember that like losing doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing. Expect it, appreciate it, because it allows you to make it even better team. Okay. Will, you also started working on a team earlier today in another method, which is simply, I want to build a team around this specific Pokemon. So what was it and how's that process going for you? Yeah, this is the way that I tend to like to build, um, kind of like you were saying before, just like figuring out a way to narrow your search field down to really focus in on what you want to do. For me, it's easy to just identify like, this is the one mod that I really want to use. How do I make it work? And the one mod that I've kind of been looking forward to using for this whole time leading up to Regulation D was Hisui and Gujra, which is everywhere now. I'm not exactly unique in wanting to use it, but that was the one I wanted to play around with. We kind of talked about it quickly before, but I'm similar to Jake that I don't really like squishy things. I like um, bulky things. I like being able to set up bulk and think I could really stay on the field and tank some hits. So that was why it was really appealing to me. So then the way I look at it is like, well, what do I need that could support Gutra? So some of the things that I was playing around with was like Fake Out's useful because that gives you one of those uh, plus two defense boosts. Redirection's useful for the same reason. If there's a way to heal it, that's really useful. So maybe that's, you know, Amoongus with Pollen Puff or it's Grassy Glide or Grassy Terrain Rillaboom or it could be Lunar Blessing for Celia. Like those are all things that are kind of appealing to me. And then I start to look into, well, what are the things that threaten Hudra? In this case, it's fighting attacks and ground attacks. So I want something that could really pressure that. So ideally like flying or psychic or fairy or water or ice. Just kind of like try and figure out what are those things that are threatening it and how can I counter those things and threaten them back and then kind of go from there. There's always a lab mouse for that sort of team building just to look at what the common partners are. That's true. Or something like that, Pegalytics or something, depending on when those are updated. That is a good point because it's like you can see you can look at common partners like that. But if you also want to like try something that's maybe not as common of a game plan, then utilizing, you know, going Pokemon by Pokemon and seeing what has synergy is also cool. That's one of the reasons or that's one of the things that I liked about Picolytics like the most. I didn't necessarily like early on, I didn't necessarily use it for the stats as much as the type chart that it gives you. I thought that that was so cool. Um, Maryland team builder also does the same thing and it might be a little bit better, but just knowing what can, like what it can be, you know, uh, what your types are currently, what you're able to hit for stab, super effective damage, what you don't have coverage against, what has coverage or like what hits you super effectively. That kind of stuff is neat because if you can pick like one or two Pokemon you want to build around, then you know where you stand and what you need. And then you can see if those Pokemon that you put together work, whether it's just, you know, you're just looking at damage or support or whatever. Yeah, I do the same thing. I really like those team builders. The one thing that I'll add to that is remember to look at that in the context of actual mods that exist and not just types. Cause you might sit there and say like, Oh, I have three fairy weakness and three ghost weaknesses. That's not so bad. But then it's like, oh, actually, that just means that there is one mon that is countering my entire team. So it's really important to actually like relate that to the metagame and think about what's actually a common mon that you might run into. Right. 
Last one that I had is something that Spicer just referenced is Lab Mouse, utilizing those those cores, those pairs of Pokemon to give yourself a uh, a starting point. You know, whether it's Chen Pao Dragonite or Ursaluna plus Cresselia or Fluttermane, Arcanine, and Amoongus was a very common you know group of three. That kind of thing is is also really nice because then you know that you have a mode that works. And then you can fill in the rest as you go. And that is that is is nice because it also helps to set your leads, you know, because if you're if you're making if you're bringing in a bunch of pairs or you have leads that work already because they are a very good core like Dragon Dragonite and Chen Pao, then that also takes out some of the the guessing game that you have early on. So those are a bunch of different ways that you can go about getting into it. And like I said, of course, always check out some of the stuff that we have and that is available to you and come check out our Discord. The link is always right there in the notes. For this week, please do reach out to us at trainersschoolpodcast at gmail.com and let us know. Not necessarily what team are you building because, you know, we don't want to necessarily ask you to disclose it, but... What are some uh, some fun Pokemon that you have been building with? Or what is a building strategy that you have that you would be open to sharing? We'd be more than, uh, we'd be very excited to hear. So that is everything that we have for the podcast this episode. Do you guys have anything else you want to talk about? Uh, if you want to add in your feelings about the pop quiz segment, feel free to put that in the email. Yeah, yeah. If you wanna, if you wanna do that again, may, and maybe get popped, you know, <laughs> let us know. <laughs> and uh, I think Swamp really wanted to do a segment uh, on the pop quiz, but uh, he, he was too busy at the time when, we, when yeah. I called him. So, so happy. Yeah. We'll see if he gets another chance. <laughs> I'm sure he was doing some NAIC stuff or whatever. I don't even know if it was that time. Whatever. Anyway, it's just too good for me. <laughs> He's a Thank big you. deal now. He's the Malmo winner. True. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining. Uh, I do really do appreciate it. We will say our goodbyes. Start with you, John. Happy birthday, America. And Will. Belly Bolt is a single stage Pokemon. Don't listen to their lies. <laughs> Fake news. <laughs> and Spicer. You're getting old, America. I think it's uh, about time you start getting your priorities in order. Very true. <laughs> and thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope you enjoyed. And like I said, check out last week's episode. It was very, very fun, very good. And I was laughing a lot. Thank you all. You're welcome. Class dismissed. Goodbye, beautiful it. people. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I forgot to say class dismissed last episode. Well, we were in detention last week, so it wasn't really a class. Oh. Right, class was already dismissed. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah we we like, had been dismissed to detention. It would have been like the, like the, the late buses here. You got to go type thing. No, we missed the late bus. Oh man, your parents are picking you up. <laughs> <laughs> we were hitchhiking home after that that episode. Exactly. Well, hopefully you are not doing it this time. Uh, so everybody, get out of here. Uh, go uh, go enjoy your evening. Class dismissed. 